First, uh, First Chronicles chapter 4, I won't keep you long. Uh, let's stand together. One verse, one verse, a little unusual message tonight. And uh, I'm preaching one verse. Here it is. The sons of Judah, Perez, Hezron, and Camry, and Hur, and Shobal. That's what I'm preaching. Let's pray. Father, help me get into the message. I pray that, Lord, it will be a help to this church in such an hour as this. This church has been through so much. Lord, we think about it coming from South Carolina. We, we watch the news and we see the way the government here has treated the state. Lord, we were so concerned about the riots and all of the unrest. Here we are here tonight just under 70 miles from all of that in San Francisco and all of the unrest, all of the pressure, and then the fires, and then the concern about the virus. And Lord, we need encouragement tonight. And I pray the Lord you'd help me be a blessing tonight. I, I, I want to be a vessel that you can use. And I thank you that, Lord, all these years you've never let me down. You've never failed me once. Not one time, Lord, have you left me alone. Never, ever have I uh, in any way had any proof that you didn't care for me. You've always been there. God bless, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You could be seated. Just one verse. If you study your Bible, you find out real quickly that the names in Scripture has great significance. All the names, usually, especially in the Old Testament, you see the name of someone in the Old Testament, there's great meaning to every name. Let's consider the name Judah. Notice the first, the sons of Judah. If you've studied your Bible to any degree, you'd know that Judah, the name, means praise. There's an interesting story how he got the name Judah. You need to go back in your Bible. Let me give you just a little bit of teaching so, so everybody put on your thinking caps. It's, it's th I almost said Wednesday night church. It's Thursday night church. And uh, Judah is the son of Leah. Leah had four sons. She married Jacob. But you know, Jacob really didn't want to marry her. He got married and he thought he married Rachel. And he woke up the next morning after the honeymoon... I looked over and went, Shazam! <laughs> I got the wrong woman! He literally was betrayed. He thought he got Rachel, but he got Leah. And for seven years, Jacob worked for Rachel. But you need to catch this now. Leah loved Jacob. And she wanted the love of Jacob. And so Leah had four children. Let me just give you the names and teach on it for just a minute. The first son that was born, Leah had with Jacob. She named him Reuben. You know, when you hear Reuben, you're now thinking of the sons of Jacob. Everybody hearing me? Everybody with me? Twelve sons of Jacob, the twelve tribes of Israel. Reuben. The name Reuben means Ben is son. Ru means see. So God sees. The name Reuben means God sees. And so Leah has this little boy and she names him Reuben. You ever thought to yourself, why in the world would she name him that? Because Jacob wasn't watching after her. He didn't want her. He wanted Rachel. And so here's Leah. And by the way, I mean, there's some sermons you could preach on Leah. She's a great woman. She was what we'd call a victim of circumstances. And so Reuben was born. And Leah says, my husband doesn't see me. 
He's not looking after me. I hope you're listening, church. Uh, but God sees me. And I want to tell you tonight, no matter what your situation is, God sees you. You might be all alone tonight and underappreciated, but God sees you. She has another son. She names him not uh, Reuben. And then she has another son, Simeon. She has a little baby and she says, my husband doesn't see me and he doesn't hear me. So God hears so she names her little boy, God hears. So the first one is God sees. The second one is God hears. And you know, you might be here tonight. You've got a heartache. You think nobody hears your cry. Brother, today, show we're surrounded with people all the time that are crying out. And factually tonight, most people aren't listening to the cry of anybody else. We're so stuck on ourselves. I said, we're so stuck on ourselves. We can't hear the cry of anybody. You listen to me. These people run around cutting themselves and tatting themselves up and, and, and making a mess of their life. They're crying for attention. And Leah says, my husband doesn't see me. My husband doesn't hear me, but God does. Aren't you glad God hears your cry? No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, God hears your cry. Keep crying. I said, keep crying. Keep calling on God. Don't you dare stop calling out to Him. He said, I, he said call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Keep calling on God. Rachel, she says, I'm going to have another child. She has a little Levi. The name Levi means joined together. You see the desperation of this woman? She says, my husband doesn't see me. My husband doesn't hear me, but I'll have a third son. I'll give him a third son, and maybe this will join us together. But guess what? It didn't work. You know, she took things in her own hands like some of you were doing. You think you can figure it out, so you're going to take the matters in your own hands. And you're going to start working this out yourself. That's what, Ray, that's what Leah did when she had her third son. She said, now, Brother Dolar, now my husband, will, he'll, he'll be one with me. It was her desperate attempt to make a family finally. But Jacob didn't want her. What a Rachel. And so here she is. God sees. My husband doesn't. God hears. My husband doesn't. And now, joined together. It still didn't work. So she has a fourth son. And she says, I'm going to name this one praise. Because when you don't get what you want and you can't get what you're after, the best thing to do is just simply praise God. And she said, I'm going to praise the Lord. I want to tell you, church, I don't have what I wished I'd have had. And I haven't held on to what I could have had. But I'll tell you something at the end of the day. Uh, if, if your life is spent, you'd better have a life of praising the Lord. I'm preaching tonight on the importance of praise. And I'm preaching to a Baptist church about praise. I want to tell you what in the world has happened to us is we've lost our shout. We've lost our praise. We've lost our thrill with God. And, and, and as Leah, she finally got to the end of herself and she said, I'm just going to praise the Lord. I saw Brother Dedesha when I came in. I've been praying for your wife so long. I hope you don't stop praising Him for healing her brother. Don't forget to praise the Lord, church. Let's look tonight into this story of Judah, whose name means praise, because here's how I want to go with it. Judah has sons. And so here's the question. What comes from praise? 
Judah has five sons, actually grandsons as well. So from Judah comes these boys, and we're going to look at their names tonight because with each child born, we learn a different aspect about praise. Let's consider, first of all, Perez. Look at what it says, Judah and then Perez. Here's what the word means, breaking forth. Write it down. Perez means breaking forth. It gives you the imagery in your mind of digging a well. It's funny, I was thinking of this the other day. We were trying to locate some water lines here on this property many years ago. And we put out the word, we're trying to locate water lines. And, uh, and someone said, we've got a diviner. He can come on the property and he'll, he'll find the water. So how many remember this going on here? We had this guy walk around these two rods and he's walking. And, and sure enough, these rods had come together. He'd back up and they'd go like this. He said, there's water line there. I dug more holes in this property with these two hands. I never found any water lines, let me tell you right now. But Ferez means breaking forth. Most of us don't understand uh, wells and what that's all about. But in the olden days, you dig a well. And if you weren't careful in your digging, you would actually seal up the well itself. The walls would seal. You take a shovel or a, a hole digger and you'd seal it up. And as you're digging, you got to keep hitting the side of the wall. And if there's water in that area, it'll break through that wall and fill up that hole. Breaking forth. You know what praise does? Praise breaks forth. And I want to tell you what we need to do in coming back to our churches in California, in South Carolina, or wherever it might be. We need Christians coming back just breaking forth for God and digging after God and reaching after God. Do you know if you have no expectation of God, there'll be no miracle movement. If you don't have a desire for God, uh, you come into church uh, uh, with no expectation, uh, probably nothing's going to happen. You can determine for yourself coming into this place what kind of experience you want with God. I'm saying Ferez means breaking forth. Uh, most come into church and we're worried about, uh, as a pastor said, uh, schedules and things going on. Or maybe you're concerned about somebody's hairstyle or the new necklace on that lady or, 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 or something else that you might point out, something to do, some Facebook post or whatever. But what we need is people coming into church saying, God, uh, my cup is empty and I need it filled up. Lord, I want to come and God, fill my life with prayer. Breaking forth with praise. Oh, I love that verse in Psalm 150 in verse 6. Psalm 150 in verse 6. Let's go there, please. Psalm 150 verse 6. And I want you to memorize it uh, and remember it. And then let's say it a few times tonight for the little bit of time I have left. Psalm 150 and verse number 6. You see it there as we look at the last verse of this great book, Psalm. And it says in verse number 6, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Let's say that together. Ready? Begin. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And then just if you didn't get it, the psalmist repeats it. Praise ye the Lord. So let's do it again. The whole verse, ready, begin. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, we need to have from praise a breaking forth.
I mean, oh, how we need to get back to shouting and rejoicing and thanking the Lord. I'm talking to the Central Valley Baptist Church. I'm talking to you, saint of God. You used to give God glory. You used to praise the Lord. You used to grunt a holy amen once in a while. But we've got to get back to heaven. Praise in our hearts toward God. I know there's a lot to complain about and a lot to whine about. We got a lot of hurts and a lot of sorrows, a lot of concerns, and especially this church tonight with a broken heart and a grieving heart, having lost a precious member. But I want to tell you something tonight. That precious woman is in the presence of God. Breaking forth, breaking forth. Perez comes from praise. Go to Psalm 120, please. Psalm 120. 121, 122, all the way to 134. So go to 134 now. I'm not preaching all those chapters, but I want you to notice in those chapters, they all fall within a category, within a category of Psalms. Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. Look in your Bible over each chapter under the number thereabouts. You'll see it will say either a song of degree or a song of ascent. You see what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if you see what I'm talking about. Those 15 psalms were given to the Jews as they would come to the temple three times a year. And as they would come to the temple, we understand from history uh, and and, uh, tradition that there were 15 steps leading up to the upper level of the temple. And so with each of these psalms, beginning with Psalm 120, the saints of God, as they would come up those steps... They would sing that song. And so 120, you're down at ground level. And 121, you're going up one step. And you keep going up. And as you're going up, you're praising the Lord. Everybody hearing me? You're not getting this, are you? Let me give you a speed bump. Here it is. As you go up, you keep praising. So we get to the 15th, cha- 15th Psalm, 134. Look at it, please. Psalm 134, the Psalms of Ascent or the Psalms of Degree. Here these worshipers had come up these steps singing these praises and they come to the 134th Psalm. Are you there? Look at what it says in verse 1. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord. Watch this. Which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord hath made heaven and earth. Bless thee out of Zion. But I want you to see this here where it says uh, that at the, the servants of the Lord, which is which by night, do you see that there in the middle of verse one, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Here's how we must understand this. When they started in Psalm 120, they were at ground level. And by the time they got to the top step, it's nighttime. And so here they started down here in the daylight, praising the Lord. And when they got to the 15th step, it was dark. Now stay with this thought. You're saying to me, preacher, that's where I'm at right now. I'm in the dark time. You know something? We need daytime praisers and we need nighttime praisers. Who do we think we are when we're not praising Him in the dark? Could I remind you? If you're in the dark, that means you're at the top step. That means you've got a direct view right into the temple, right into the holy place. You're able to look into the mercy seat and see that curtain and the Shekinah glory and the presence of God. I'm trying to say to you tonight, daytime or nighttime, let us praise the Lord. No matter where you are at in your life tonight, 
You get to praise the Lord. You know God inhabits the praise of His children? He likes it when we praise Him. You know, I'm a dad of four children. I love my kids. One in heaven and three here on the earth. And I hate it when they don't call me. Sometimes they just need to call me to say, Dad, I'm calling you. And I say, thanks, and I hang up. I like to hear from my kids. Where's the live stream camera? There it is. I like to hear from my kids. In fact, you ought to send me some money once in a while. Praise God, Brother George. You know, God inhabits the praise of His children. And I'm asking you tonight, could you just ask the Lord, Lord, help me break forth with praise again. Help me come back to heaven, that joyful spirit of praising the Lord. Uh, and, and you say, well, preach, I'm, I'm messed up. I'm sad. I'm in the darkness of my life. Yeah, but you're on the top step. Keep praising the Lord. Breaking forth. Ferez means breaking forth. Well, let's look at the second name, and I'm hurrying. Look at, uh, uh, we're going back to 1 Chronicles 14, or 4 rather, and notice that next name, Hezron. Hezron. What's that word mean in Hebrew? It means, get this now, write it down. Hezron means a wall of protection. So what comes from praise? A breaking forth. What comes from praise? Protection. I want to thank Him tonight for protecting me. How about you? I want to praise Him for protecting me. I'm 56 years old. I've traveled the world. I really have. Like you, many of us have traveled and been all over the place. God's been good to me. He's protected me. He's protected you. Uh, He's put a wall about you. And I want to say to you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, God's been good to us. I wonder when we get to heaven, Pastor, I don't know. Maybe you can give me some insight you have on this. When we get to heaven, is God going to show us On a screen, perhaps. I don't know if he's going to have a media team there or not. I'm not sure. But is he going to show us the places that he kept us from complete destruction? You ever think about that, Brother Kevin? Get to heaven and God's going to say, you don't get it. I'm going to give you a thousand years to just see how many places I kept you from complete ruin. He's a wall of protection. You say, what does that have to do with praise? Well, I want to tell you something. When you get to thinking that way, you can't help but praise Him. Oh, praise Him for His protection in our lives. And and God watches over His children and He protects us. See, we're living in a day of self-preservation. We're living in a day of personal safety and our personal area and in our, 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 our space. And we're working hard at staying healthy. And I don't want to step on anybody's finger, uh, toes or fingers tonight. <laughs> Depends on how you walk. <laughs> but I tell you something, you go ahead. And, and I'm, I'm wearing a mask. When I'm talking to people, I'm trying to be very respectful. But listen to me, you know who is our protector? Not Dr. Fauci. <laughs> Hello? Amen. I, I know some of you right now, I know some of you have been battling this, this virus and, and, and we're all concerned. You know, I try to run. I, 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 I try to run a lot. I run all the time. I want to stay healthy. I want to keep my body healthy. I, I do. I want to, I want to be careful, uh, take care of myself and vitamins. We should do those things. But I'm afraid we're a little bit out of control right now with this protection thing. See, God's our protector. Are you hearing me? You're not getting this, are you? You have no control over your life. He does. 
that precious lady we buried today, what wouldn't David Renison done to give that woman another day to live? But David Renison told me himself that I had to do this. God, she's yours. Now, how does a man do that? To keep his mind straight. He realizes God is our stay. I'm trying to encourage you tonight. I'm trying to let you know that we need to praise him for his protection. See, Satan hates us. He'd like to destroy us. Are you guys hearing me? But God keeps on protecting us. Oh, thank God for that 91st Psalm. How many's read the 91st Psalm recently going through this pandemic? He shelters us under His wings and His feathers. He protects His children. And oh, I'm telling you tonight, if you want to praise Him for something, praise Him for protection. Puts a hedge about you. You dads and moms out here, every day you need to be begging God for your children. Never, ever, ever let a day go without naming your children to God. I got, I got 10 grandkids, and I name them in order. If I get them out of order, I forget them. I just name them every day to the Lord because I need His protection. And I praise Him for His protection. Let me give you the next name here. I'm not giving it. It's in the Scripture here. Carmi, write this one down. That name means a keeper of a vineyard. Or a gardener. That's what it means. So what comes from praise? A breaking forth. Protection. And notice this. A vineyard keeper or a gardener. So here's how I'd like to put this. What comes from praise is production. Production. Here's what I mean by that. Praise produces more praise. Praise is more communicable than coronavirus. It ought to be. Let me teach you what I mean. Now, this is a distinguished crowd right here. I'm telling you right now. Wow. I want this crowd, this this section. Look up here. Look at me. This section on the count of three to say, praise the Lord. Here we go. And then let's see how they respond on that section. That indistinguished crowd over there. (laughs) We'll leave the middle out of this. So as soon as you say it, praise the Lord. Let's see how they respond. Ready? One, two, three. Praise the Lord. See what I mean? (laughs) Praise produces praise. Let's try it. Let's reverse it. This distinguished side, Joanne. Here we go. Ready? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They're still doing better than you. Let's try the middle section. One, two, three. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's try everybody now. See, that's what we need in church. Praise produces praise. And listen to me, you young men that are listening to the preacher preach right now, learn to say amen. Hey, get an amen under your diaphragm and be men and say glory to God. We need people praising the Lord. Ah, church ought to be a place where praise is communicable. And we spread it around. By the way, it's going to be hard to gossip while you're praising. It's going to be hard to complain while you're praising. Amen. Thank God Camry means a producer, a praise communicator. And all praise ought to be, it ought to be something that spreads around. Uh, We live in these days uh, where, where people need to hear that God's people are praising the Lord. Say, I've never heard you preach this way, Pastor Tharp. Are you talking to Pentecostal? Listen to me. We had praise going on a long time before the Pentecostals were around. God's people ought to be praising the Lord. God's people ought to have praise. I'm talking about rejoicing and praising the Lord. You know something that's interesting? Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. How many know what that verse says? Who can say it with me? 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let's try it one more time. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, Philippians 4, 6. What's that say? What's it? Philippians 4, 6? But, it, but everything of prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God pass on us. Keep your hearts back. So here we have rejoicing before requesting. 4-4 become, comes before 4-6. Am I right? So in verse 4, we're told to rejoice. In verse 6, we're told to request. We've got it backwards. We're so busy requesting, we're not rejoicing. It's interesting, God puts the priority on re rejoicing that is praising before requesting. Why is that? Because when we praise, it produces. Listen to me, I think what we need is to get back to praising. How many want to see that bus ministry get fired back up? Tell you what, we need to start praising God for those buses sitting out there. And start praising God for those kids who are just waiting for buses to run. We've got to get the buses going again. And some of you have got to step up and be drivers and workers. We can't let this thing drop. So let's just start praising him for the bus ministry. And let's start praising him for what God has done in our lives. Praise produces. It praise produces. I recall four so years ago, a preacher friend of mine, so weak, he stood to preach, sweating, pale, uh, broken. And as he preached, and I heard his voice weak, I remember all he could do was praise the Lord in his message. And it was amazing. As weak as he was, God got all over that message. You see, praise produces some things. And church family, as we go through these days, and man, it's going to pass, church. I'm telling you, it's going to pass. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Let's be praising Him right now because it produces. Let me give you the fourth name here. Notice what it comes here uh, in, in 1 Chronicles 4. Uh, I'm out of there myself, so let's get back there. Verse number 1. What's that next name? What is it, Brother Chris? Do you see it? Her. That's right, her. You know the name her? It means white linen. In Hebrew, it means white linen. Well, you know where that's going. Praise produces purity. What comes from praise? What comes from Judah? Her. And what is her? White linen. When you think of white linen, you think of purity. I was thinking about Brother Sal and Abby. I married him right here. Used to be a middle aisle here, I think we had, didn't we? Yeah. Back when this was a fundamental church. <laughs> you know what? I will tell you this, though. It was never even with those doors. It always bothered me. I hated it, man. It bothered me the whole time I was here. It was an angle. But I remember, I'm standing up here with Sal and, uh, and his best man. I was so sick. I mean, I was green sick. And I'm standing back here. Used to be a room right here, but I'm standing back here with Sal. And I prayed with him. And I prayed, dear Father, I pray you help me do this wedding and not vomit on Abby. In Jesus' name, amen. That's what I prayed. And I came up here. I remember that girl, beautiful girl, beautiful. Come on, Sal, what's wrong with you? Amen. Okay, thank you. Wow. He's just sitting there. That door, those doors open and walk that beautiful girl in a white dress. She'd earned that white dress. 
And she walked down that aisle. And do you remember, uh, Sal? Get over here to me, would you? Sitting back there sleeping. You remember, Sal, when she came through that door? Look at that door. Is your heart going right now? Just think about it. Remember that? Now, what was behind her? You remember? (laughs) He said, I wasn't looking back there, Pastor. Her gown, her train came out. Watch this now. It flowed back here. When you're full of purity, the praise of God just fills your life. That's what that typifies. See, when she came down that aisle, that train, that white gown flowed behind her. And when she came up here, the girls had to straighten that out because purity ought to overflow in our lives. Hello? Oh, I'm not just talking about having this perfect haircut. Although, man, does this man have a head of hair. Can I hear the amen right there? Uh, or, or having your, your skirt just right. And it ought to be just right, ladies. Don't be playing this game up here. Right down here. Amen. And your little, your little boys wearing your little, your little pants all like that. No, no. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about have a life full of purity. Because when your life is full of purity, are you still listening to church? When your life is full of purity, you can't help but here she comes through the door. Give me a shout or something. Amen. Hallelujah. Here she comes. Come on. Come on. Woo! Purity. Remind me to never use him as an example again. You know, it's going to be hard to praise God while you're gambling. It's, it's hard to praise God when you messed up with lust and pornography. It's hard to praise God when you're fornicating and smoking and drinking and running around looking like a heathen and talking like a heathen. You're going to find yourself stammering and stuttering when it comes to praise when your purity is not right. Is that the truth, church? I praise you, Lord. You go ahead and pound you a, a beer. God, I will give you praise. You know that can't work. See, what comes from praise is purity. Come on. It's what we need, church. It's what we need. You know, that's why you can't pray. You won't pray if you've got impurity in your life. Praise produces purity. That white linen purity. Oh, may God help us have a pure life. I'm closing almost. (laughs) You kids, listen. You remember... An author by the name of Edgar Allan Poe. Raise your hand if you know who who he was. Yep. Most people. He wrote a famous book called Tell Tale Heart. I see all the kids going, "I, I had to read that. Sure. Great literature. He casts himself in the story, Poe, as the villain. Now, there was a character in the story who had what was called a vulture eye. And everywhere Poe went, this vulture-like looking man was looking at him. And everywhere Poe would go, that guy with the vulture eye was looking at him to condemn him. And finally, Poe had enough as the villain. He decided to strangle the vulture-like man. And he strangled him. And as he strangled him, the man screamed. And he died. And Poe buried him under the floorboards of the living room where he lived. A neighbor heard the scream. They called the local police. And two police officers came. 
and knocked on the door. And Poe answered the door. And they said, someone reported a scream. We want to investigate. And Poe said, well, come on in. And he invited him into the living room where he had buried the body under the floorboards. He set up a table, served the officer's tea, and Poe, in his condemned conscience, he thought he heard the heartbeat, the telltale heartbeat of the man he murdered. Poe, he, he thought he heard it. Uh, he heard it, and he knows the officers must have heard it. And so, frantically, he pours in more tea. He tries to make a ruckus, and the police are looking at him with concern. What's going on? And finally, Poe, under conviction of his covered-up sin, said, I killed the man as he tore the floorboards up. And the police saw the evidence of his buried transgression. Listen to me, church. What we need to do with our covered up sin is repent of it. Amen. And say, oh God, forgive me. And get our hearts right with God. Otherwise, you see, you can't praise Him when you've got a duplicitous life. Double life. Oh, I'm a Christian in Central Valley, but at the mall, I'm something else. I'm a Christian with, with my church family, but on my Facebook, I'm something else. Shame on God's people for their wickedness and their proliferation of sin in media. Tell, tell heart. You see, God wants us to praise Him because of purity. And I close with this, and this is easy. Shobel. The name Shobel. What comes from praise? You know that word Shobel? It's a great word. It means overflowing. Overflow. You know what ought to come from praise? Is an overflowing life. Ah, oh, God's been so good to me. God is good. All the time. Let's try it again. God is good. Yeah, but pastor, I've got a broken heart. He's still good. I'm lonely. He's with you. Leah, God. Nobody sees, nobody hears but God. Maybe you're in that situation right now. You're climbing those stairs and it's getting darker as you go. That's right, because by the 15th step, it's dark out. But maybe God wants you to be a nighttime praiser. Aren't you glad, Brother Dolar, it's always not night? I've been in some night seasons. How many been there with me? Oh, you wonder how I'm going to make it through. Can I tell you how you make it through? Sometimes all you can do is grunt or groan. But whatever you do, give Him praise. Give Him the praise He deserves. God wants our praise. God wants an overflowing, a generous fullness in our life. Yes. I'm thinking about that, that bride coming down that aisle. Where's Abby? Abby, I was bragging on you a minute ago. When she walked down that aisle, that gown filled this room with presence. And I want my life to fill this room with the praise of God in my life. Amen. Maybe it's time you get your praise fixed. Maybe we need to hit this altar tonight and say, God, I've been probably complaining a whole lot more than I've been praising. Maybe you need to go home tonight and fix this. Go home, sit down with your kids and family. Say, kids, we're done talking about Democrats and Republicans. Oh, my soul. Listen, I live in red South Carolina. And it's a battle there too. 
You know what we need to do? We need to talk more. Let's talk about Jesus. The King of kings is He. The Lord of lords supreme throughout eternity. The great I am, the way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Can we do that?